Welcome to Great Stories in American History with Rebecca Price Janney. Today's story is Valley Forge, Freedom's Crucible. In spite of an American victory at Saratoga on October 17, 1777, the Continental Army was in poor shape. Defeated at the Battle of Brandywine in September, the Americans watched helplessly as General Howe captured their capital, Philadelphia. In a vain attempt to regain the city at the Battle of Germantown on October 4th, Washington's army was beaten. The 46-year-old general began searching for an appropriate winter encampment for his 11,000 troops, a place beyond the reach of a surprise British attack, but where he could keep an eye on the Redcoats at the same time. He chose Valley Forge, about 15 miles north of Philadelphia. There the American forces faced their greatest challenge. Washington's exhausted troops arrived at Valley Forge on December 19th in bitter cold and snow. On December 23rd, the Commander-in-Chief wrote to President of Congress Henry Lawrence, I am now convinced beyond a doubt that unless some great and capital change suddenly takes place in that line, this army must inevitably be reduced to one or the other of these three things, starve, dissolve, or disperse. The general immediately ordered the men to begin constructing small cabins for themselves. Building the windowless log huts gave the soldiers a way to fend off boredom as well as the cold. Squads of a dozen men worked on each cabin, vying for General Washington's prize of $12 to the teams building the first properly constructed huts. Washington paid the initial reward on December 21st. The work generally went slowly, though. The men had inadequate tools with which to work, and trees had to be cut down and honed for the shelters. Disease and lack of clothing made one out of every four men unfit for duty. Many soldiers wrapped pieces of blankets around their feet in a futile attempt at protection and warmth. The blood of their feet stained the snow at Valley Forge. After some men began cutting apart their tents to use for clothing material, Washington banned the practice. The tents would need to be used the following summer. As the building of crude huts continued for several weeks, General Washington spent the night sleeping in his own leaky tent so he could be closer to the men. Under those conditions, he could fall victim to pneumonia or one of the diseases spreading through the encampment. His self-sacrificial behavior, however, served to galvanize the troops' morale. But his officers were not pleased. What might happen to their cause if their leader became sick or died? In January, the general finally agreed to make his headquarters in a quaint, two-story stone house belonging to mill owner and Quaker Isaac Potts and his wife. Martha Washington rode north from Virginia to spend that trying winter with her husband. Although the weather was not as severe as first expected, it rained frequently and snowed occasionally. The men kept busy building fortifications, standing guard duty, and going on foraging details. Food was scarce, 
owing to a poor road system that conspired with the weather to make it difficult for supply wagons to get to Valley Forge. Then there was the problem of money. While the British paid area merchants in gold, the Patriots had nearly worthless paper currency to offer. The Americans commonly went for days without tasting meat, and only sometimes had salt pork or dried fish to eat. They mainly subsisted on fire cake, a simple mixture of water and cornmeal or wheat flour, cooked on a large stone that sat in the middle of an open fire. The volatile mixture of cold, hunger, and poor sanitation led to an outbreak of disease within the encampment. Some soldiers were taken to public hospitals away from Valley Forge, but most chose to stay in their huts, surrounded by their friends, in spite of the shortage of medical aid. While Washington inspired his men, the reverse was also true. He gained strength from observing them as well. Their patience and courage in the midst of incredible suffering moved him to write, Naked and starving as they are, we cannot enough admire the incomparable patience and fidelity of the soldiery. The men at Valley Forge endured the crucible of that terrible winter and emerged stronger, more tempered, and ready to face an enemy soft from cozy nights before fires in the homes they had commandeered from Philadelphians. The American patriots even made sport of their conditions. A French volunteer remembered a dinner party to which no one was admitted who possessed a whole pair of trousers. Still, when conditions reached an intolerable peak in February, the long dark shadow of despair stretched over the pinnacle of their suffering. Washington realized that something had to give, or the fight for independence would be irretrievably lost. What kept the situation from completely deteriorating? Washington's inspired leadership, grounded in a strong Christian faith, was a critical factor. One day Isaac Potts saw the general's horse tied in an isolated thicket and stopped to investigate. While at a distance, Potts noticed Washington was on his knees in prayer. The Quaker didn't want to disturb him, so he waited to leave until Washington finished and rode off on his horse. Potts returned to his wife, telling her, If George Washington be not a man of God, I am greatly deceived, and still more shall I be deceived, if God do not through him work out a great salvation for America. In addition to Washington, God used another person to lift the soldiers' spirits at Valley Forge and make them into a top-flight army. Friedrich Wilhelm Augustus Baron von Steuben arrived at the end of February at the recommendation of Benjamin Franklin, who was then representing the Americans in Paris. The colorful von Steuben was the son of a Prussian army officer and had himself enlisted at the age of 16. Discharged as a captain in 1763, von Steuben could not find a permanent military position in Europe. In America, he became the Continental Army's Inspector General and quickly rose to the rank of Major General. 
The intrepid von Steuben spoke little English and had no training manuals with which to work, but that didn't slow him down. His aides worked late for many nights, translating into English a manual von Steuben wrote as he went, then made sure each regiment and company had copies by the following day's drill. The Prussian required the hapless soldiers to get into their formations by sunrise each day, teaching them how to use bayonets and to maneuver in ranks. Von Steuben quickly won the men's hearts with his faulty English and his unfailing sense of humor. The disciplinarian brought not only drill but vigor and humor to the thinning and hungry ranks. Another break for the Patriots came as the spring thaw allowed more supplies of food, clothing, and weapons to get to Valley Forge. Other regiments joined them, and new recruits arrived, swelling the ranks to about 20,000. Morale rose. By May, the French had rallied to the American cause, joining them in the battle against the British. Historians generally credit Washington as having achieved his greatest feat in holding the army together at Valley Forge. But Washington himself credited God. In announcing the French decision to his joyous troops, he said, It having pleased the Almighty Ruler of the universe to defend the cause of the United American States, and finally to raise up a powerful friend among the princes of the earth, to establish our liberty and independence upon a lasting foundation, it becomes us to set apart a day for gratefully acknowledging the divine goodness and celebrating the important event which we owe to his divine interposition. I'm Rebecca Price Janney. Thank you for joining me for Great Stories in American History.